Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s, finding out what happened to her or your in the game, sister. With hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles, the next clue is always within reach. Search for hidden objects from the parlours of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. Each chapter uncovers a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve, and I've had a lot of fun. Currently on chapter 7, making progress little by little, tapping away on my phone to get all the puzzle pieces in place. While searching for the murderer, or whatever happened to your sister, you get to decorate your own island with gardens and buildings and chat and play with other Others by joining a detective club. It's a lot of fun and very social. I play while I'm on the train. It keeps me active between my journeys to London and I love the time limits that are pushing me to find those clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce you to the wonderful speaker and commentator on human behaviour, Eric Hunley. Eric is a wonderful guy, good friend of mine. We chat all the time on Twitter and that, and he has a YouTube channel under his own name and a podcast called Unstructured. On both of those, he looks at human behaviour and its consequences. We'll be talking about body language, persuasion, guns and all sorts of bits and bobs do check out his podcast and youtube channel eric hunley he has another called america's untold stories and another lots of youtube channels called laid back news so it's a great mix of intriguing true crime stories current showbiz happenings and a really interesting look into what celebrities and infamous figures are trying to hide with their behavior we also put out this episode live on Eric's channel, so that's where you'll find the YouTube video version, and it has a lot of his subscribers sort of chatting and checking in on the live chat on the side and interacting with us, asking us questions. Today we talk about the placebo effect, the intelligence trap, sneaky behavior, the Amanda Knox case, fame, Bernie Madoff, who got lots of money and stuff. He stole everyone's money in the finance world and no one suspected him because of his behaviour. I think we got into Alec Baldwin, the guy because he shot someone on set and talking about whether guns should be allowed on set if they're real. I don't think they should, but Eric thinks they should. Um, and we talk about Johnny Depp. You know, all the stuff, all the things, all the things are here. Coming up on Monday is Karlin Borisenko, who takes libertarianism to the extreme and is the candidate for the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire. Uh, just to give you an idea, libertarianism, as many of you know, is uh, a political ideology that gets rid of sort of state intervention. So there's not really taxes usually. There's not uh, any government help. I tell a story to start that off that I heard from John Ronson about a town that got infested by bears because they got rid of all the state stuff so nobody took care of the bears. Um, so that's the problem. Libertarianism has a lot of nice ideas. It's very appealing, but uh, bears will come and get you if you take it to the extreme. But that's an interesting chat with Carlin. She's a lot of fun. That's on Monday. But now 
You're on the edge of human behavior with Eric Hunley. We're doing like this uh, a collab like the kids do, aren't we? Where this comes out obviously here because you're watching it now. Anyone who's you know watching it knows that. And it also will go out on my my audio streams for On the Edge with Andrew Gold and then on the YouTube as well. Um, and we've been becoming... Do you think we're... I think you're a friend of mine, Eric. Are we friends? Well, you tolerate me. <laughs> you're, 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 you're one of those sneaky Brits that I can never quite tell. Of course we're friends. Yeah. Yeah, you guys say buddy a lot. That's the funniest American word, buddy. It always feels like it's not sincere, but I think it is maybe. No, it is buddy. Buddy is... It's warm. I mean, what, what should it be? I mean, do you like pal? Um, hey, pal. <laughs> That reminds me of a South Park sketch that they do about Canadians. And it's like, hey, buddy, I'm not your buddy, pal. Hey, pal, I'm not your pal, buddy. I mean, it's, you probably have to be there. But uh, that's South Park. But yeah, I'm here today to give you a bit of interrogation, find out what you know. You're one of these guys, Eric, who just seems to know everything about, well, a lot about everything. And you, I know you what you're thinking. You're going to deny that. You're a very humble man. You're going to go, I don't know anything. I'm not an expert in anything. But you absolutely are. And I'm going to sort of test your knowledge a little bit today about various current affairs things. But I would say, I mean, what, one of the things you are most well known for is making sort of videos with some expert people all about behavior. And in, and that's why we're talking about interrogation and that kind of thing. What What is it that interests you so much about, I suppose, uh, body language and, uh, you know, what, what's going on in, in our minds? Um, a, it's a fascination. Okay, I'm going to back up and correct you on one thing. I don't know mm -hmm. anything, but I know everybody. So that's my secret, <laughs> is I just know the people who know. And then occasionally I can come up with something smart that they said. And <laughs> well, that's what it's about, it, isn't it? Recycling yeah, knowledge. That's exactly. standing on the shoulders of giants. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, who was it? Uh, Darwin. Was it Darwin or um, Newton? Newton, I think, said that. Standing on the shoulder of giants. But anyway, that is literally <laughs> my thing is do that. And then I take credit for it. My fascination is it's just what makes people tick, what makes me tick, what makes anything tick. I got fascinated with just people and behaviors and things that are going around societally wise, whatever. And it's not just the body language and behavior. It's things like Malcolm Gladwell and um, Freakonomics, things of that sort. It's just why do we do what we do and why do things happen? And I especially like counterintuitive knowledge where uh, a good example will go to body language, right? If, I, if I'm sitting here and right now I've, I've crossed my arms and, and you're going to read everywhere. You look sexy. I would say Ooh. sexy and brooding. Yeah. That's why? What, what were you going to say? Well, some would say I wouldn't that I was yeah. closed off and um, you know, holding in and that could be true if let's say i was really you know kind of clutching in hard but the reality is a lot of times it's i'm i'm sitting here and i don't know what to do with my arms so it's just a natural rest and and that's it, it's an easy thing to misread another one is that andrew i may not look in your eyes continuously which could make me seem like i'm a devious fellow because mm. you know i'm shifty that way I'm looking around. Because you're not looking. Because you're not looking. That's that's just right. you're not looking. Right. Exactly. But the reality is, well, a normal person doesn't look in your eyes because 
that's kind of creepy if I keep staring in your eyes. That is something Again, that sexy. a liar, or oh, it could be, uh, well, you know, it depends on the expression. Yeah. It's something that uh, uh, somebody who's being deceptive or um, a psychopath might do because I might be saying, I'm giving Andrew a line now. Andrew, are you buying it? Are you buying it? Yeah. Let me check up on who, you. Is that like people who use your name a lot? Is that what you're doing there? Because sometimes I, I really like it when I'm interviewing somebody and they keep using my name and I think, oh, they remembered it. Isn't that nice? Even like towards the end of the episode. But then maybe is it some people are doing it manipulatively maybe. It depends on how often. That That's a that's a great, great point because have you ever heard somebody you're like, you only have to say my name every few sentences, not every sentence. So if they use it too much, it, it just feels wrong. And I guess a, a lot of these things are, yes, it's beneficial to every once in a while and say, I don't know, Andrew, that's a really good point. And then, um, don't know what you think, da, 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 da. Well, damn, Andrew, you're right. That That probably feels good. But if I'm saying, well, Andrew... I feel that such and such is going on. Don't you agree, Andrew? Because, Andrew, that is um, a fascinating point that you're coming up with, Andrew. Yeah. Well, there could be there could be uh, a guy called Drew in the room, and you're using a sort of, you know, the conjugation. Not conjugation. What's the word? Conjunction. Just saying Conjunction or previous. Drew as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Some shortening of be, it. And I could have just said Conjunction is two words, using, right? No. Like don't Just a word, conjunction. do not oh. uh, together. Isn't that a conjunction? Con oh, conjunction. Oh no, I thought a conjunction was. Hang on. No, I'm confused. I thought it was just saying and. See, I told you I don't know anything. Well, neither do I. And I studied English <laughs> literature. I should know this stuff. <laughs> connects words or clauses. I think it could be either of the things that we've just said. It could be and because okay. that connects words. It could be the apostrophe that you're talking about because that connects words. Someone will tell us. Someone will tell us this stuff. It's interesting that you mentioned Malcolm Gladwell because um, I read one of his books recently. I can't remember what it was called now. Ah, uh, Stranger, something about strangers. Yeah, because um, of it, your interview. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't interview him. I interviewed um, um, Amanda Knox. Yeah, and, she was uh, featured in the book, uh, Talking to Strangers. Talking to strangers, that's it. And it was really good. And he talks about um, how we actually overplay the the sort of being able to tell if somebody's lying from their body language. And he talked about this experiment that they did where um, oh, they got loads of it. They got people to cheat on a test. They'd sort of let them do a test and they could have some like extra rewards, rewards and money mm -hmm. and stuff if they, if they completed the test and did well. And then they left the room and a lot of people cheated and they knew they cheated because they were observing them. And then afterwards asked them and some admitted to cheating and some lied about it. And mm -hmm. they all like looked at, you know, they, they got loads of different people, judges, lawyers, different people who should be experts to look and see which of these people are lying. And they were no better than just the general public. They're, they're, that it was a myth that you can really tell all this stuff. So what what do you think about that? They probably actually did worse. And there there, there's, there are um there's been a there was a Harvard study I believe it was that said you know everybody who really loves lie to me and those shows that show all the body language tended mm -hmm. to fare worse than the general public. <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah there's Why a lot that? of that out there. Part of it is because of projection, like. Um, when you're watching somebody, if you want something to be there, be careful because you're trying to jump to a conclusion. The reason why it would seem, first off, we tend to argue for, from a conclusion. Like we're emotional animals. Have you heard of the writer and the elephant? 
No, tell me. Okay, the rider and the elephant, and there are different people who have done it, but essentially our prefrontal cortex or, you know, our, our wariest mind is like the little rider, and our emotions and lizard brain is the elephant. And now think of how much power the elephant has. The elephant's going to go wherever they want to go. And the rider's going to kind of try to steer it and just say, you know, kind of go right, kind of go left, go this, go that. But if the elephant gets spooked or goes out of control, guess what? You're going wherever the elephant's taking you. Hmm. That's the id and the super ego. Yeah, essentially, sure. And the hmm. problem that we have, though, is we tend to decide things by emotion the elephant and then our rider will come behind and explain why we decided it, it, it it's, like it's all backwards so we have a feeling about something go back to your amanda knox she comes off as kind of weird sort of a little bitch and that was the premise of the book it's like no she probably did it that, i mean that was the thought of the people it's like she's acting odd the way the way she's reacting in these questions well she's not acting like she's grieving she acts immature just odd and that triggers people who are saying this is not normal behavior everywhere i go around people don't act like this so then they're going to jump to a conclusion now there's a story by joe navarro about this that i think is just fascinating and it goes into body language and where it can be a problem and he had this woman who came into a case. And this woman, she was like a secretary or something, was not um, a suspect in question herself. She was just somebody who worked in the area and would have knowledge of what's going on. You know, a, a typical witness. But she was just acting super cagey. She got in, she's just nervous, she's, ah, you know, just, ah, you know, nerves are rattling, just going nuts going nuts and he's like what is wrong here because she's just acting like she just did you know did something completely crazy what's up with this woman he finally he looks at her and he's like you know ma'am is there's something wrong you seem terribly stressed out she goes i only have so much change i don't know how long i have on the parking meter and i'm not sure you know if if, if it's going to be a problem so she was displaying all these poor behaviors, but they had absolutely nothing to do with her guilt or innocence or anything to do with the case. So right. this is this is the problem. And I work with like the behavior panel and you know true experts. And the one thing that they always, always stress, and this is one way I can kind of test whoever I'm talking to, is they're all about in a weird way, they're about finding the truth versus finding the deception. And I know that sounds backward. You're like, wait, what? What, what mm. the hell are you talking about? But what they're looking for is a baseline. So when I'm talking to you and I just am talking to you, or you're, let's say you're talking to anybody, because all of us can do this, by the way. You just talk to somebody. How's your day? What's going on? You, is that water or vodka? I, you know, I can't mm. trust you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that you actually want. That is, I'm trying yeah. to think of something funny. I can't think of anything funny in the second. Uh, saying either water or vodka is not funny, and I've got absolutely nothing. Uh, it's 
Oh, I've got nothing. It's water. I'm so sorry. I had nothing. No, you just say it has uh, water, dude. <laughs> what am I, a psycho? <laughs> I'm trying to do an interview. I grew here. I'm an adult. But anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not a but quack I got past like the you. point. I got, I got past the point where I could have just said, oh, it's just water. And, and then I had to make a joke. And <laughs> saying vodka or water wasn't funny enough. And I panicked. Oh, well, I, I'm sure there's a great joke to be made. And so, I, no, this you know, is great. Okay, so your baseline is already rattled. Yeah, exactly. Think about You'd that. never know if I did a thing. Well, that's not necessarily true, but but now I see that you can get over, you're trying to work into something. Now, we're playing a role right now, obviously, and talking mm-hmm. to each other, but you're trying to find a pattern with the person, how they talk, the rhythm, their feel, and you just know, you just, you start to feel it, you know, tell me about your kids. Oh, okay, well, what about your friends? Do you like playing golf? Are you soccer? I think you're in soccer, right, Andrew? Yeah. Um, you probably call it football because you're weird, but <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm not good bothered for you, by that. It doesn't <laughs> well, bother me. Call it what you like. My team always loses anyway. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, when we start to get into the case and your rhythm changes and you start to tense up at different points, now I'm seeing a deviation. So that's really what they're looking for is a deviation from the norm. When I ask you a question, right, and you go, your eyes just start going, you know, fluttering. And this is, by the way, a a reaction that you can't naturally handle. Or like I just, I I, I just stammered a little bit. Why are you, what's, what's wrong? What's causing the stress? Now, by the way, does that mean you're guilty of something in of itself? No. It could be anything, but it is a deviation. So that's telling them, hmm, that's different. Let's keep talking about that a little bit. Let's go down the line here. And that's kind of what this is about. And it's not, it's not a science. That's the first thing you got to remember. It's more of an art. It's, it's, it's so complicated, isn't it? Because, and, and I get that it's an art. I, I think like, so I'm one of these people, and I know there are, there are a lot of people like me in this sense as well. It's like, even when I haven't done something wrong, I feel incredibly guilty. Mm-hmm. If somebody accuses me or asks me a question, I, mm-hmm. I feel it. So even just now, even though I know we're doing a role play and you said something like, you know, what sport do you like? And it was like, you're asking me a question, like I'm in the police. I got like a pang in my chest. That was sure. just like, oh, I don't know what sport. I didn't do it. And so I think I would just melt under pressure and they would be, I think I would get Amanda Noxed. I would, that would happen to me. I don't know because, you know, and again, it depends on who it is. Your reaction's strong. And, and, and to that point, I agree with you. The more egregious the charge, the more likely you are to react poorly too. Like if you yeah. accuse me of something of what, some of you, the people you interviewed did, I would be going, what? For, you know, yeah. you know, potentially freaking out. But after a half hour of just sitting here talking to you, you're going to calm down. You're going to, you know, you can't keep, keep it up for too long. Eventually you sort of settle into a rhythm. And even if you, you know, even if you're still tense, your deviation is going to be off of that baseline. It's all about baseline. Yeah, that was so. That Amanda Knox going back to that. I mean, she refutes what Gladwell said. 
so Gladwell was on Amanda Knox's um, podcast and they spoke about it and Malcolm Gladwell was saying exactly what I think is the consensus which is just that you know she didn't do the crime uh, although there's usually a lot of people on YouTube who get very angry when you say that but that you know she reacted in a way that wasn't typical uh, for mm-hmm. our understanding of you know when somebody dies or whatever and she sort of took that in and she actually felt bad like why did I react so weirdly what was wrong with me kind of thing mm-hmm. and she now looks back at it and she's going no what actually happened was the you know the police had no one to pin this on they went for me and once they'd made up their minds almost a bit like what you were saying before which was like the intelligence trap that thing of um, mm-hmm. you know we, we've got the emotion we think it's her we're gonna say it's her and the press went after her and after that I mean, yeah, she did do some. It seems like everything that she did was taken out of context. There was this thing that she was like cartwheeling or like doing handstands in prison. But she said, you know, what you have to realize is you're in there for like a whole day and she was doing some stretches and some the wrong person walked in at the wrong time. So all those kinds of things just happened. And it was our expectations that it wasn't her, it was us. I'd say it's both. Yeah, maybe. I mean, no, I, I refuse to, you know... I'm always troubled by somebody who never internalizes. That actually troubles me about mm. that. I, I like it better when she explores herself and her reactions. And I can buy the police. Yeah. I think that these two factors are compounding each other. Plus, you have a different person from another culture. You, know, you have a smart-ass American, and they may not like that. And I'm saying smart-ass American in their eyes. So I absolutely do believe that a, a cop is going to fixate. <laughs> sure. Again, that you're arguing from a conclusion versus um, trying to find the truth. That's a problem. Yeah. But then you I, know, like I don't you, actually I'm do sorry. it. I don't do it. I, like I, I know the experts. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, exactly. Well, hopefully you'd, have, hopefully you'd have done a better job than that Italian police. They were, they were just out of their depth that time i like what you were saying about um which is which is similar to the intelligence trap um which david robson wrote um do you know david robson no i need to get him on i think because he's i love behavioral stuff like this you know and that that is similar yeah well he's also become a a friend a buddy of mine um and he's english though and he's a science writer and he wrote the intelligence trap but then he wrote the expectation effect which is he's sneaky he's sneaky like you it's about the sneaky stuff it's all the sneaky stuff he he, you know placebo and nocebo that's the expectation Mm -hmm. effects and you can live longer if it's really really interesting but intelligence trap he talks about people like arthur conan doyle the writer of sherlock holmes the master of deduction who believed in fairies so it just always fascinates me. And so then what do you do in terms of like, I always hear people online debating and stuff. Everyone's debating with everyone nowadays, aren't they? If you don't debate, you're not, you're just nothing. If you don't have like incredibly strong opinions. Um, and everybody always says, oh, use your critical thinking. And it's like, well, yeah, but everyone thinks they're using critical thinking because I think what you're saying about the elephant, we're all following our elephant. Um, and we're just, you know, what do we do then? Uh, go with it and then try to catch it. I mean, you're going to feel a certain way. So then come to your conclusion and then say, okay, this is my conclusion. Why do I have this conclusion? Play devil's advocate with yourself. Hmm. I I love hanging out with lawyers. Part of the reason is because we hash it out. And it's never Hmm. personal. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I'm reading um, Gad Sad at the moment, who's, who's coming on mm. the podcast. Parasitic and... Mind? Oh, yeah. Man, son right. of a bitch. I've tried to get him for a while. Ah, I got him. I don't know why. I, you know, it's probably probably by mentioning Dawkins. That got that got sad. It, maybe, or you've been with uh, Chris Williamson. So you, you, you can name drop some people. Uh, we can both name drop people. Doesn't mean they like <laughs> us. None of, them, none of them like us. But Gad Sad is, is coming on. Um, oh, but I forgot what my point was about that. I don't know. He's irascible, though. Totally fun, dude. Watch his tw- um, follow his Twitter. He's not subtle, and I appreciate that. Uh, oh, yeah. So his point was about, um, well, I guess universities. I think it's like it's something like 80% of university professors uh, consider, consider themselves left-wing, uh, many with sort of quite woke ideologies and stuff. And in sociology... It's like even higher, like you know, uh, subjects like that. You know, you go up to like ninety percent, or sometimes some some universities. I think like um, ninety eight is closer, about ninety eight percent. It's just seriously absolutely mad because they're always going on about diversity. We need to you know get more diversity and stuff, and there's just like no diversity of political thought. And I was just thinking of that because of what you were saying about the lawyers. And I I know so just for those who don't know, Eric Eric hangs around with some sort of famous internet lawyers. Who, but they yeah. tend to be sort of quite libertarian, center right, aren't they? Uh, they probably overall skew right, but like mm. Nate, Nate's Nate's kind of lefty, and he, he's one of my tighter, you know, friends. Um, but yeah, in a lot of what you're talking about, the said uh, that comes out of Jonathan Haidt or Hate. It's mm. either Haidt or Hate. It's a H I A I D T, and he has the um, heterodoxical organization or heterodoxy he's all about that he considers himself from the left quote unquote wrote the righteous mind but he discovered a lot of there's a lot of interesting things with the right and the left like i'm probably to the right of you but i'm pretty i don't know i i'd be probably a british liberal i guess because um that's kind of more to your right isn't it we're we tend historically we are less right-wing than than america correct so, so that's why it's hard for me to figure out i'm not like a tory per se but anyway i don't know your part yeah you no, you are you'd, you'd be a far right tory mate you're oh you please. definitely yeah oh, you don't realize mate yeah you would because i i am a complete like centrist so i would i would in in the uk i mean so i could vote for either party i got put off of voting for labor because of a guy called jeremy corbyn who was the leader for a while who was very you know far left and who i believed i'm saying i believe because i know people will get upset with me if i say this is just say it's fact but i believe mm. he was an anti anti-semite so 
Uh, that put oh, me he, off. He did some things that um pretty yeah pretty clearly. There's a I lot so, of anti-Semitic stuff going on. A lot of them just couch it by saying, "Oh no, we love Jews. We just hate Israel." It, it's like one of those codes. So it's like they throw everything against Israel and just say, "No, no, 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 no. It's Israel. It's you know." There was there's <laughs> we're anti-Zionist. There's a guy called, and I don't even know if you like, no, you can't say his name, but there's a guy called called Ryan Dawson, who I'm not a fan of. And, mm. um, I, you know, and he is one of those, you're hearing the word Zionist all the time. He's, he's a commentator online and he's been banned from Twitter. He's been banned from PayPal. And, all, and obviously he uses that as like a victimhood thing. And he'll always say, oh, it's just about Israel. And I stumbled across a video of him the, the other day just saying, you know, Look at it! Look at it, man. The, the pedophiles, Jews. Uh, this Jews, that Jews. It was just, he was just saying Jews, and it was like that's what you really think, mate. So we got. We yeah, got and, and and there is a, a lot of that. It's like well, okay, so you don't think this, but you always seem to land in this yeah. direction. So I get it. I actually hadn't heard of him before you had mentioned his name. I'm, I'm, mm. I don't feel like my life is more complete than I know now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, don't. Don't look him up. Oh, God, it's like saying don't think of an elephant or whatever, isn't it? I, I, I will, I will but, push back, though, about being kicked off of Twitter and things like that does not necessarily mean somebody's bad. Like I like Sargon of Akkad. I think he's all right, Carl Benjamin. Oh. And yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been kicked off of everything. There's a lot of really cool people who have been kicked yeah. off, and they might be more right-wing or whatever, but I... But also there bad is people. A, there are people bad have been people. kicked off and bad people. Right, and I'm more about leaving them all on, personally. Yeah, I think I am too, actually. And you, but the problem is, it becomes competitive, doesn't it? And I had um, a comedian in the UK called David Badil on. He wrote this book called Jews Don't Count because he's Jewish, and he was basically it was ta- he was talking to the sort of woke left because he considers himself sort of one of them. And you end up with this competitive victimhood uh, because he'll often tweet these kinds of things. Uh, you know, why is this person allowed to stay on Twitter after the horrible things they've said about Jews and blah blah blah? And it's like I, you know. If if you're right, if you just set a rule like, look, anyone say what you want on Twitter. We don't need to mm-hmm. go around banning. Just don't follow them. Then you wouldn't have this. Block them. Victim. They've got a block yeah. tool. They have block yeah. lists. You could say, here's all the people I hate. Block them. Yeah. Mute them. Many, many options. It's funny. I'm blocked by, I guess, 160 people. I looked it up the other day just for giggles. Surprise you know how many people I've blocked? I don't even know who they are. I don't know how to find out. I just yeah. saw that there's 160 accounts blocking. I'm like, Okay. And I, I can probably tell you why. It's because a couple yeah. people I'm friends with and follow, they probably block me because I follow them. I don't really care. Yeah. But I don't have anybody blocked. I, I just ignore how them. You, how can I find out how many are blocking me? I don't know. I'll send you a thing later. It's like th- this tool where you can just go, you know, who's blocking you? And it and I found it's it like Bloluk. Bloluk? Could be. I don't know. Had to authorize the account. Hope it didn't ca- hack it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's what I'm doing now because I want to be able to tell you on the stream if I beat you or not with the amount of people who blocked. Oh, me. I'm sure you're 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 much squared away with your. Remember, you're a blue check, so you're special. Mm. Uh, account folks. Oh, Andrew not... is verified. Don't let him hide it from you. He's a verified <laughs> account, so he's special. I am, well, I'm verified, but no one knows who I am. And hey, I I don't think it's working. This thing. Oh, accounts blocking you, right? Mm. You want this? Yeah, sure. What was, yours, what was yours again? I think it was like 160 or something. Mine's 290. Good for you. <laughs> oh my god, 290 people block me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just saw it, I'm kind of going, okay, well, really, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I blocked zero. 
And and there are people who bug me. There are people who annoy me. But them's the breaks. And maybe someday, you know, somebody really gets out of hand and, they, you know, they're throwing things at me. Like, I've followed some random accounts and then all of a sudden my timeline, there's some, like, pictures that make me go, hmm, let me unfollow them really quickly because I don't need to have somebody walk behind me and see that. That's a little, ugh. But, yeah, I don't know. People are weird. Yeah. Speaking of weird, what can you tell me about mentalism? I saw you've done a video on that recently. I'm a big fan of Darren Brown. I don't know if you know of him because he's British. Of course. Of course. Uh, no, no, Darren's universal. Darren, Darren's yeah. amazing. I want um, to get him on. Oh, good luck. If you do, that would be amazing. He, uh, Well, your buddy Jordan got him on. It took him 10 years. Jordan Harbinger. Mm-hmm. Took him 10 years to do it. How? What, he said that, or was it just after 10 years he got Darren Brown on? No, he said it. Uh, I, I occasionally um, exchange emails with Jordan but and ask him. He said, yeah, it took 10 years. He'd been trying. I think he announced it then, too. So He's just so cool, Darren Brown. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, he, I don't know if he, if he has something going on. He might come on your show or whatever because you're connected. Mm. Um, I don't I know saw if Chris... him once. When hmm. I was 17 uh, or 16, I went with my school to a production of Antony and Cleopatra, the Shakespeare play. Uh, uh, oh, I don't think it was the Globe. It was somewhere, you know, a theatre. And after the break... Um, everyone went and got some like you know chocolate or whatever came back and then everyone sat down and one person was still standing a bit further in ahead of us in the audience and we realized that that's Darren Brown and he stood for just enough time I thought at the time and I'm not having a go at Darren because whatever but I felt in that moment that he wanted everybody to realize that Darren Brown was in the audience I'm a huge fan of his so I'm not having a go at him but that's how I felt in that moment when I was 16 could be yeah I mean I, I I I don't know I Fame is something I'm actually interested in, and not in the sense that I want it, but just the mentality of how to cope in that. Now, think of how big of a name he is, especially in England, and how famous. And I don't know if you could act normally in public anymore, if there wouldn't always be something else going on. Like, like if you went up to ask him, why did you stand longer? He might be saying, <laughs> I need to make sure I don't have to duck or I, I don't know. He, he may be actually getting the temperature of the room. He may always be looking for a potential threat or potential problem or um, a fan. You know, you, you listen to some of them, like you know, Joe Rogan was complaining about it the other day and they talk about it at random. And that's what I love is when I just hear things that are kind of at random in a conversation. Sure. And he was saying how, you know, he'll be sitting there eating with the family and a fan will be, you know, you literally, you know, fork to his mouth and he's taking a bite and somebody will come on and go like, hey, can I get a selfie? And he's like, no, d dude, dude, no, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, you know, if you get me coming or going, you know, you, sure, no problem. But, you know, I'm eating. I'm with my family here. Can yeah. I, you know, and, and, you know, we don't, ha you know, we don't have to think about that kind of thing. And then people will get upset with them and they'll be like, oh, I, I see how it is. And mm. I forgot who his guest was, but his guest was saying that, you know, they try to be cool. With it and it's like, oh, wait, now you're directing me. Now you're telling me what to do. And, and there's certain things that we don't necessarily think about. And yeah. I find that fascinating. I've got this this theory about fame where are you familiar with uh, Tim Ferriss? Uh, yeah, he's, but we should explain anyway for the for listeners okay. and stuff. 
uh, Tim Ferriss is a huge figure, especially in the bro world, um, self-hacking world, business world, kind of in that Dave Asprey lane. Um, brilliant, brilliant <laughs> guy. I don't know who that is either. Uh, well, Mostly I, British audience. Okay, but, well, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they'll pick that up. Joe Rogan would be yeah. considered a bro figure. These okay. are people, or Chris Williamson is in that category. Hmm. Okay. But yes. uh, Tim Ferriss is, is huge. Tim Ferriss would go to a conference and be paid $50,000 to show up and to an hour. He's oh. one of those people. Now, to me, that's the, that would be the best fame in the world. He goes to the conference. He gets paid all this money. And while he's in that conference, he's the man. Everybody's just like, oh my God, it's Tim Ferriss. You know, they're all excited to see him. He's a big, famous, really cool figure. And if he walks out the door and across the street to the grocery store, they say, you want paper or plastic, man? Because he's nobody. Yeah. And that, to me, that is the fame that I think would be really kind of awesome, is to be able to walk into somewhere some conference something like that like you're you know big time famous podcaster you go to a conference and they're like oh my god it's andrew gold i hear that sultry english voice Ooh, yeah it's andrew i i hear him yeah. and by the way it is weird at a podcast conference when you hear voices that you know down the hall because you're kind of like oh <laughs> and you travel <laughs> over following the voice trail because you you're like you've been talking to this person forever it's a really intimate experience Anyway, so that is a really, really cool feeling. But it's also so nice that as soon as you leave, because I'm relatively introverted, I'm nobody again. I could just keep my head down, go do whatever. Um, I don't like the whole COVID thing because of the mask, etc. But there was a part of me that didn't mind hiding behind a mask. Yeah. It was kind of like, yeah, you know what? I can just go disappear into a crowd and not worry about it. So mentalism, I'm actually still on that topic, or yeah. back to it. I had yeah. Spidey on, um, of Spidey Hypnosis. He's a mentalist. He's a magician. He's been on with like Penn and Teller. Okay. You do know who they are, right? Yeah, they, I don't know the they British. Did their, they did their series in Britain, so they're quite big in Britain now. They did like a British version. Over, they came over. Oh, cool. Well, he's been on that, uh, the Fuller series. And it was perform. like the trick me. You've got it like people had to try and trick hit them. Yeah, well, that's what fool us is. So it's called fool us oh, here fool in the us, states. Right. I I thought you were saying like a weird thing because of your accent. I was I was like, what's a fool us? But I realize you're now saying fool us. Oh yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. <laughs> it's a different language. Go on, go on, you American person <laughs> with your Americanisms and things. Oh, oh fool. Oh, wait, I, how am I saying it wrong? Yeah, fool us. Is it fool us? Do I have to fool? <laughs> fool us, please. Do fool. What we must be fooled. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. I just misheard it. But do do go on, good sir. <laughs> anyway, what what I like about Spidey though is he he points it out that mentalism is nothing more than sleight of hand trickery mixed with a bit of a psychological edge, hmm. and that everything he does is quite literally a trick. And in the interview, he actually breaks one down that's really cool. And it's just a matter of, like, you have to force people to choose what you need them to choose without them figuring out that that's what you're doing. Right. So so how, 
But I mean, the Darren Brown stuff sometimes is remarkable because he just says mm-hmm. to you, like, I can, I can think of the number you're thinking of and that kind of thing. So what's going on there? Again, I'm not the practitioner. I just mm-hmm. know that there are ways that they force it and they limit it. And I, I just don't quite know all of it. Like, a good example, he showed something where, you know, he takes all these random images and cards, right? But then when he broke it down, he, sh- he showed that there were two types. And one was like anything of nature or whatever. And another one was anything of electronics. And then he had like a stopping point where this particular card was kind of both. Like the sun or something. I, I forgot what it was. But either way, he would key off of it. And then everything that went on, every prediction was a certain distance away. And he was using palming and other tricks to kind of keep it in the path. So while you think you're saying something, you're actually not and i i can't i cannot describe it because this is something that you know he's been practicing for 20 years yeah i think you've got to be I, a certain I, I, kind yeah. of person to to get into that you've got to and i think darren said that himself i heard him on um it was the some bbc podcast he was on and he was talking about you know being a teenager at university and it is that kind of thing like you can manipulate all the people all the people around you everybody's going to be like putty in your hands because you can do these cool manipulation tricks and things to a point to a point but remember that he is controlling the environment all the time. And this isn't that far from the interrogation principle. You know, they do things there too, like lower the chair to where your chair is a little bit lower than theirs. Or um, oh if they goodness. want to get really tacky, it's like a firm chair and they nail it to the floor. You know how uncomfortable it is to be in a chair that you can't move? Very well, uncomfortable. Not, there's chairs like that in restaurants I sit on. It's all right. Yeah, but they nail them to the floor. Yeah, no, sometimes they, pull they don't move like Mac- McDonald's. Yeah, but but there's a space there. So it's and and they usually swivel. So yeah, sometimes. So but I get I what mean, you're saying. It, 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 it create is, all kinds of advantages, and they're sort of getting you on edge, kind of thing, and then mm-hmm. hypnotize you. Well, it, it's not necessarily hypnotizing, but it is it is controlling the environment. Everything they do is controlling. The environment controlling what you see what you don't see what you choose what you can't choose and while i don't necessarily know the tricks you know there's different angles there's there's a million factors that are involved and they do know a good touch of psychology and darren brown flat out hypnotizes people as well yeah. so does spidey that's the really freaky stuff is um there's a video of him getting out of a speeding ticket you know like with the cop, oh, Darren Brown. No, Spidey. But anyway, <laughs> Darren's done a lot more. I don't. I don't share the Spidey one because I think the somebody got into trouble for it. But anyway, because that's you got to feel though. bad taking advantage of somebody. It's like that's not the goal. Yeah. Well, if they're giving you a speeding ticket, that's quite a cool thing to do. To be fair, and I don't think anyone's apart from the police are going to begrudge him that. Uh, yeah, but he the cop got in trouble. And you don't want to put get somebody in trouble when you pulled a <laughs> stunt. Yeah, how's the cop got in trouble for being hypnotized? Um, it doesn't necessarily represent them as being a stable, well thought out officer. Do you, now, now I'm going to say he's your yeah. partner. So this mm. cop who was hypnotized by just some dude in the car—that's your backup if you go in the house of domestic violence call. Yeah, You'll say, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I definitely want to pick him first, right? Because subconsciously we see it as a weakness. Yeah, yeah. 
It's a weird one, isn't it? I, Darren Brown was saying that it's, you know, it's not always it's not the people who are the weakest who get hypnotized, but he doesn't know what it is, the kinds of people who are susceptible to hypnotism. And, and uh, was it? Oh, Christina not- Lennon, I'll tell you. I mean, yeah, you can, there are people who are more susceptible to it. Um, cops, soldiers, people who, who follow orders more naturally are mm. susceptible. Artists who have imagination. The worst people are, um, shall we say, an engineer type who are very, like, prove it to me, do you know, very proce- procedural and, and I don't want to, I don't want it to come off wrong, but on kind of almost spectrum are very difficult for mm. them. Difficult and to... To hypnotize. To hypnotize. They're, they're the most difficult. People who have, you know, a lot of imagination, because you could take them, right? They think of things. You, It's easy to influence somebody with a lot of imagination. Don't think about that pink elephant that's over there. Are you looking over? And, and you're thinking of it. You can't help it because you've got the imagination. Or, like a soldier who's been one for a while. Left, 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 right, left. And the cadence and a rhythm and a natural following with a march. Mm. Things like that that's going to help fit in patterns rhythms things like that so those people are easier to hypnotize but somebody else who is um let's just say go back to the malcolm gladwell book because he had a guy in there he was talking about with murray um bernie madoff yes and this guy just saw you know like a problem in every corner and was just really not fun to hang out with but he's the only one who saw, you know, Bernie's scheme. He's like, oh, yeah, he's doing something here. He's doing something here. I know he's doing something. That's not the person you want to try to hypnotize. Because as soon as you said, hey, why don't you sit down and relax? Oh, you want me to relax now, huh? <laughs> That's yeah, going to be kind of difficult. That was Gladwell's sort of saying, yeah, there are certain kinds of people who are, as you're saying, very, very suspicious. Um, and always, and they're not, as you say, they're not fun to hang around with but you need those people in any sort of tribe or society because he was the guy who caught bernie madoff or madoff who was doing all sorts of ponzi schemes and stealing outrageous amounts of money that and just no it was like the, the equivalent of just like walking out of banks holding just like bags of money and because he did it so confidently like everyone was like oh yeah good have a good day bernie you know that kind of thing and he, he got it except for the one i'll guy say something controversial shot. about it mm. it's um Most cons are perpetuated by greed. Hmm. We want things that are easy and a quick buck with little effort. And a con person is usually providing that. So a lot of times it's driven by the greed of the mark. Yeah. I'm serious. What's a con? What, what, driven by greed? What, um, is, what are you saying? Okay, if somebody comes up to you and they're like, dude, I need your... A typical con would be somebody coming up to somebody else saying, um, I, I don't have my ID. I've got to get this Western Union coming in. Um, it's going to be $10,000 when I get due. I need to establish a relationship, though, so can you send the $100 to them or whatever. There's a different ones there. It's like a trust mechanism. Now, the only reason somebody's doing it is because they're going to get $1,000 or $10,000 for doing almost nothing. And if you look at all the different cons, and I'm doing a really poor job of describing it, but no. oh, I am. <laughs> anyway, um, and the chat is going. Wait a minute, what's what's going on here? But <laughs> don't look like, at the chats. 
the chat's going nuts, dude. You're going to have to peek in there for a little bit. But um, mm. if you look at most cons, they're perpetuated by somebody or a victim is somebody who wants to get that easy score. Why did they want to invest with Bernie Madoff? Because they were going to have these amazing returns. All their friends were making all this money. You throw the money in there, you're going to make a lot of money. Why him? Well, just abnormal returns that were higher than anybody else. And yeah. I, and it's not, and I'm not blaming the victim here. I'm just saying be careful with some of it. Okay. Because if you're just like, yeah. oh, that doesn't sound right. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to go with my boring mutual fund. I, I just feel like it's safe. You know, somebody who's really into safe, safe, safe is not going to be caught up as easily as somebody else who's saying, you know what? Oh, if I buy that property, wow, it can yeah. be amazing. Yeah, but they're also not going to be as fun, are they, at parties and stuff, Mr. Safe, 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 Suspicious Person. So no, I guess no. there's good things about both, aren't there, about both sides of the spectrum there. Well, and, and the principle of the book is that we're naturally built to trust. Yeah. I mean, we, we just default to, okay, you told me your mom is sick, I'm sorry. Why, why, why would I just immediately say, are you sure is your mom really sick? Hmm? <laughs> oh, yeah, what's she have? I mean, yeah. I'm an ass. What, what, what does that do? And then there is that aspect of, you know, what does that do to do for me either? Oh, I proved that your mom really wasn't sick. Well, um, was yeah. it Adam Carolla, famous podcaster, said, "Does it make me money or does it make me happy?" Otherwise, who cares? We should <laughs> lie more often. We should lie more often because nobody ever catches you out. Nobody suspects you. We, that's what happens. That's like Ricky Gervais film. I don't think it was a great film. The invention of lying where one day mm. it's like a, it's this world he creates where nobody's ever lied before and then one day he wakes up and says oh and he tells a lie and he gets away with it he's like oh my god this is amazing so well yeah, lying is a social lubricant well lying is. is a social lubricant yeah lying is the best fun you can have with your clothes on well okay we lie all the time okay andrew how you doing today great um, you might not be all right <laughs> okay well okay fine whatever but in general though if you come across somebody on the street um did you find everything you like did you hear that at the grocery store did you find everything you like mm. yes i did. do you really want to go into well i really wanted to buy this and this and this but you don't seem to carry it there or you just say yeah i'm good thanks yeah or you just lie i would say i'm, I'm fine yeah I, I lie in those instances all the time and yeah i'm always lying but that's a social lubricant right because if I say, how you doing? And you say, fine. You may not be fine. You may have just lied. And when I ask you how you're doing, I may not really care. But we've now just had this exchange and we can move on. Do, am I really asking you to find out that, well, you know, two years ago, my mother died and I'm getting close to that anniversary. And I'm just trying, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, ask this that's a that. that's a cultural thing as well because in like uh, Germany they're not used to that. So when I was living there, I would go to the shop and I'd buy something and I'd say like, "Oh, how you doing?" And they would just go, "Like was was hast du mir gesagt?" Like what have you said? To, like they they don't understand how are you as a they're like I'm not even your friend. Why would you ask? Me that? <laughs> it's so, a little weird. It's a little forward. Yeah, it's for the for them. They would rather, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I'm not no offense to German people. If you that's fine, if you want to live that, they would rather just sort of you know head down, walk straight, don't smile, and live your life that way. And that's fine if that's what they want. 
Well, and that's that's fine too. I mean, uh, somebody who I who kind of has worked with me in the show is um, she's Ukrainian, and she talked about how when she was living in the states for a while, she you know was had total resting bitch face all the time. They're like, "What's going on?" And then she started to warm up, and then she got home, and they were like, "What is wrong with you? Why are you <laughs> smiling all the time? You are weird." Yeah. So that's how I we get communicate, it. isn't it? I, Americans and Brits, and I guess other English-speaking countries, we have a real fixation on like smiling to each other, which I think comes across as a bit false in other cultures, like in France and Germany. For sure. All right, the chat's the chat's going to run amok here. They're they're like, there's too much small talk. Um, what do we want? What, what do you guys want? What Are does complaining? the chat? This is just small talk. Frank Barron. Will you tell oh, yeah. us what to talk about, mate? Um, well, I want to talk about. Questions. Well, I, oh yeah, does they have questions? We can we can go with questions if you want. Yeah, there's too many people here, so if there's questions, go in and just say question, and then what the question might be. And Andrew may or may not do that. And I will shut up because somebody said I was taking over the interview. I'm like, well, what, what do you mean? <laughs> well, you're supposed to talk more. You're, I'm asking you stuff. Uh, Hanley, uh, oh, and Andrew, as a German coming to the U.S. is weird. It took me like two to three years to comfortably walk into a store without being weirded out by people greeting me there you go everyone's loving it uh, eric what are you worrying about they're all having a great time it's just one or two two people won't oh that's a trend lately everyone. here in the states by the way it drives me crazy welcome to fill in the blank store that annoys me to death it, it, and well, because you know that they're forced to by their employer it's too and much it's like, yeah yeah no it's exactly. too much Right, we've got 10 minutes left. I want to let's hear your thoughts on what's happening with Johnny Depp at the moment. Um, it's an interesting trial. The cross-examination is probably even more fun than the direct examination. But um it's it's kind of boring in a weird way. Oh, it's please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me why. It, it's boring because it's it's sort of like they're really focused on on Johnny Depp and drugs. Did you know that Johnny Depp did drugs? Obviously, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. So it's sort of like if you establish the fact and the guy's like, yeah, I'm an addict. Yeah, I was kicking. Yeah, I will go on the nod when I'd have the pills. Well, if you keep bringing up instances of his doing drugs, it just sort of gets into the noise. You're like, okay, so he's a drug addict. Yes, he's got a drug problem. Yeah, he drinks too. Yeah. Um, I've got a theory about why he's doing that, though. Because I, th I think that is... It's something that he can say and he doesn't really care about people knowing because he knows everyone knows already and he knows he's not going to get prosecuted for it. And it sure. shows everyone straight away that he's telling the truth. So, look, mm -hmm. I'm honest about my drugs and stuff. Why wouldn't I be being honest about the abuse with Amanda Hurt? Yeah. Well, and it's Amber, but yeah, he yeah, definitely, well. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that they're not really proving his doing any violence. They've shown that he writes some really, really nasty texts about her. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, they, they have actual physical violence from her to him. But I haven't seen yet. Now, I haven't caught every bit of the testimony, but... You know, he's, he wrote some really dark stuff about essentially... Well, I, I don't want to go into it because he demonetized on YouTube. But anyway, um, hmm. you know, setting her on fire and doing things with the corpse and da-da-da-da-da. Sure. But that, the that problem is... The, it, um, emails with the guy from Wimbledon, wasn't it? Um, uh, Paul Bettany. Guy. 
That's Paul right. Bettany, yeah. the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the thing is that, okay, you're you're English, hmm. and I'm going to argue that Johnny Depp, especially if you listen to the way he talks, sometimes it's like he's doing that put upon almost fake English vibe or yeah. whatever. Well, I'm culture. Yeah, I'm a cultural thing. Uh, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think he's into British humor, and some British humor can be just really really dark from what i've seen you know, back to monty python which could be you know but silly but also i mean what is it the black knight you know mm. it's only a flesh wound as you're oh. cutting off every limb of their body that's <laughs> so you're taking something and you're just bring it to the ridiculous level that's the privacy. That, this is what's really interesting for me about the case being British. Is like, why are we seeing this? Why is this being broadcast to the world? The defamation case. Between, you know, we're not allowed in the UK. We're not allowed to bring cameras into uh, courtrooms. Uh, you have those stenographers, you know, the guys who draw these people. But even that, I'm not sure that's technically really allowed either. The point being that it could fall into the wrong hands. It could um, it could show that, you know, it, it, let's say you were t saying something bad about the mafia and then they've heard you've said something bad, but they're not exactly sure. But if, the, if they actually had the audio, they would know and then they would, you know, kill you. So we don't allow cameras at all meanwhile like this really really private thing between two people is like the whole world is seeing it and amber heard yeah there's the stuff the stuff that was said about her in those texts i think that's what you're getting at is it was awful but like i mean that the right to privacy you should be able to say anything you should be able to say anything to a friend you're talking privately to a friend in a couple in some text messages and they were saying something like burn her or something like that and it's like that you're is right. awful all that but like, and but but now am i wrong when i say that there is a certain type of person who has that as humor oh yeah a lot of british people right bettany said yeah. oh she's a witch and then what happens to a witch to burned at the stake or they're witch ducked where they put them in the water yeah. and then see if they float and 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 johnny depp is very he's into literature and he's in and, and i i can't help but it's wonder dark. if in redirect he won't be like okay well that happened to fill in the blank historical figure or that was something that was happening then and and he's going to take everything in and exaggerate it everything about him is exaggerated in a, a lot of sure. ways and very I want to say flowery, even though that's a mm. horrible term to say, but it kind of is in a way. It's over the top. Yeah. Every description he says, flamboyant, perfect, perfect mm. term. And that's why I'm like, the the deeper and crazier it is, the more yeah. I'm going, okay, now we're getting into ludicrous. Like a good example, Quentin Tarantino. Have you seen uh, Kill Bill? Yeah. Well, famously in Kill Bill... They, you know, like they would stab somebody, and the blood was a fountain yeah. coming out. Yeah. Nobody spurts blood like you know. It was it's taken to the ludicrous, comical level almost. So I would argue that some of this text with his friends are just that. But the reason I do like the cameras in the courtroom, and he wants them in the courtroom. He wants this out there because sure. he has been told to the public he's a wife beater. She has ruined his reputation. He has lost all of his work. And we're talking $50 million, $100 million. I mean, you can't even imagine how much money this guy's lost because of this. So he wants it all out there. And I think that's fair. I also like the idea of the cameras in the courtroom because if you actually followed the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, hmm. 
you would find it shocking what the prosecution was trying to do and the stunts that they were pulling. And it is very frightening to consider what can happen in a closed environment with an unscrupulous prosecutor, as an example. What if it was a death penalty case? Then you would be going, oh, maybe. Now, there is a flip side. One thing I've heard about England, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that in cases of um, sexual assault and that type of thing, they hide the identities of all parties involved until a conviction takes place, and then they're actually revealed. I'm not entirely sure, actually. There's always been talk about how it's unfair to, to name the man, you know, the offender, until we're sure it's them. Uh, but I don't know if that's American stuff that I've been looking at and not British. So, yeah, I don't know which way around. I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was um, British that, you know, it's like, because here we get people charged with something and they carry that around for the rest of their life, like a scarlet letter. You know, even if they're proven not guilty, there's still people going around. I mean, Kyle uh, Rittenhouse, there are people who call him a murderer still to this day. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. He will never be the same. He will always walk around as a killer. Now, technically, well, we dis- a killer, we disagree so. about that one, Eric. And that's okay, isn't it? We can disagree about Because I know we disagree. Kyle Rittenhouse, just for those listening, he, he was the guy who um, he, he went to, uh, there was a big... Um, what was it, a big manifestation going on and he ended up in self-defense uh, shooting and, and killing a few people who apparently were quite unsavory people. And Two people. Two people. Was it, are they part of Antifa? Two, were they? Um, BLM? Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't think they were even organized in that. They're, they're two people mm. and he shot a third and they were definitely in self, self-defense. He, he, was, yeah. he was attacked and he was running. So he was running away as he was being attacked so it's hard yeah. to he, say. He still otherwise. drove down with a huge gun to a rally. What was he doing? A huge gun versus a half gun. I mean, do we have a gun level? <laughs> Just, I he love had a talking to you. Gun. No, this is he what had a I like. Huge I, I, gun. I, this is <laughs> this shows the scope. It's like Andrew. Would it be better if it was pink? Uh, you know, Eric, or maybe we can Eric. make a rainbow colored gun. Do you know how big his gun was? His gun was enormous. It was bigger than ten people. All right, all the others had small guns, and he had a massive gun, and that was a big. No, look, uh, he went out. This, it, you know what? It, like, it's just a, it's just a place where you and I are going to disagree because we're from different cultures and backgrounds. Sure, and we grew up around different things, and it's just, it's never going to be right in my head. Not that guns are legal or not. I mean, that is a complicated thing. Although for most British people, it's like, why do we have guns? But okay, I, I understand that and i understand that you know you don't want that freedom taken away because you've grown up with it and it just feels like well a slippery slope and i do get those arguments there's other factors this that you're like, not considering this was this sort of quite odd fellow who's just yeah i'm gonna say it in the most flippant way to annoy you this is some like <laughs> guy he's just driven across state lines that's what everyone kept saying that except he did was like he went across the state line right which is untrue by up. the way which is untrue. A, but no, fine, that's untrue. Then fine. But he turned up <laughs> with a massive gun. And a massive. Just so Kyle came in with a tank, folks. <laughs> Kyle is in a tank driving into town. <laughs> oh, it's no, but jokes aside, to a British person, it's just like the most uh, okay. foreign thing. I, I'm going to put a couple factors in here to consider. Go on. Come on. If he was a security guard at an installation. Yeah. And they were attacking him and burning the installation and he fired in self-defense as they were attacking him. What would you say about the situation? I'd say that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. 
he was asked by the owner of the auto dealership to come because the night before the whole town was burned down with millions of dollars worth of damage the cops were not actually responding anyway and they asked private citizens to come and please guard the facilities because they were setting them on fire yeah he was there at the request of them saying please he also had his paramedic bag and was treating people so it's not quite crazy kid wanting to go shoot people it is maybe a dumb kid because i'm, I'm not going to go put myself between a, a potential riot and a store personally <laughs> that's not my gig but yeah. somebody who's a true believer or whatever and says they're going to stand guard and they're going to treat for wounds or whatever here don't touch my property go march you know hold the light up but don't don't set this business on fire because the owners can't afford it they've lost everything on insurance that's not quite the same kid that you're describing so we can get into the you know nuances and details of whether somebody should be there with a gun or not but protecting property i think most of us would agree yeah that's not necessarily a bad thing hmm. you've still described a as an armed ideologue somebody who wants to protect property is an ideologue no okay a true believer sure a true believer uh well i mean a true believer could be many things I mean, technically, you could say that the people who are setting the businesses on fire were true believers. Yeah, well, they're no better, is it? But, I mean, vigilantism is not. <laughs> is that legal? Maybe it's legal. But he is not a vigilante because a vigilante would actively be hunting. He was guarding. So th that's the thing. If you're standing there and you're guarding something and you are attacked, that doesn't seem quite the same. Well, as soon as I said he was a security guard, you were like, oh, yeah, I get it. Mm. Would the whole thing not be better if nobody had guns? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to push your buttons, Eric. This is something that pushes your buttons. And it, you know what? I'm not, I'm not as strong as, as most British people are on this. I don't really mind. I actually have I fun like, with it, so I don't care. I, mean, I, like, I like jabbing at you, mate. I like jabbing at you. Luckily, neither of us are armed right now, Eric. Uh, well, and don't worry, because in London, I mean, he's working on taking away knives, too. So, you know, we'll get that taken out of it. So, and if we could take away your cars, I think that'll be amazing. Because you guys are a little dangerous. I, I, hey, I wouldn't trust you Brits with guns. <laughs> We've got the safest roads in the world. But Sadiq Khan, is that who you're talking about, Mayor of London? Is he getting rid of knives? He, he was trying to. Yeah. How will we eat? I, uh, not my problem. You guys figure it out. <laughs> Maybe it's like you have to have knives. a license to have X number kitchen knives or whatever. I'm like, okay, so you're <laughs> oh, allowed. It's like, oh, wait a minute. That's an eight inch, but you know, eight inch kitchen knife. Ooh, stop that. Never mind a well, filet knife. Big... That's pretty sneaky. How large do you need your knives, mate? Oh, I don't know. You're worried about large guns. I, well, <laughs> I, I, want, large. I want big. I want a big knife. <laughs> yeah, a big knife. He went down there, Carl Rittenhouse, with a huge knife. He had a huge knife and slaughtered everyone. No, it's not. I, you know, I shouldn't joke about it because it was quite a serious thing. What what happened? But uh, you know, I don't know. I I think it might be better if there was just no guns. And also, and it would be better if they weren't violently protesting in the first place. These these guys, you know, smashing people's shops and their yeah. It, it, when, think about yeah. that. If they didn't do that, none of this would happen, right? If they were not smashing businesses, it would just be another day. Yeah, they wouldn't have had the the masked the masked Avenger who doesn't have a mask. Uh, no mask, first aid kit. Yeah, you're right. Did he go down with a first aid kit? Yes, that's why he's a he was a trained uh, medic and he yeah. did treat so wounds. So he knew. So he, he knew was he'd treating shoot wounds. someone. <laughs> he knew he'd shoot someone. He wow, that's a leap kit. of logic. <laughs> okay. I'm winding you. I'm winding you up, mate. I'm winding oh, you up. I love I that. Just...
Thanks, Eric, for coming on. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and we have a lot of fun and wind each other up just right. It's a bit flirtatious, really. Do all go check out Eric's YouTube channel, which is his name. And there's another one called America's Untold Stories and another called Laid Back News. These are all the channels about all the things. His podcast is called Unstructured and you can find him on Twitter. Just look up Eric Hunley. Keep on reviewing this podcast on The Edge with Andrew Gold on Apple and CastBox. I got one from the Count Jean-Luc uh, who gave five stars in the United States, not French Jean-Luc, um, but that was on, uh, what was that on? Apple, yes. Andrew, great podcast. I admire your easygoing style and intelligent questions. I'm so glad I found your podcast. Thanks, Jean-Luc. Uh, if you think they're intelligent questions, you've probably misunderstood them. Oh, no, they are intelligent. I don't know. Who knows? Um, another one. I got, I got a really bad one. Who wants to hear the bad one? Okay, bad one. Because it would be hypocritical not to read out the bad ones. It's a free speech place here. I read out the good ones. So here we go. This is called Downhill from I Today in the United Kingdom. And it's one star. I used to love this podcast. It was my favorite. But now it's just become a soapbox for right-wing bigots. I'm happy and interested to hear different opinions to mine. But it is exceptionally unbalanced now. Right, well, I take issue with that. Of course I do. Of course I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it the way I do it if I thought, if I agreed that it was wrong. I started this podcast. He's obviously talking about sort of anti-woke people because they tend not to be right-wing, although Calvin Robinson probably was. Gad Saad is actually a little bit right-wing. But if you look back through the podcast, I'm just going to click on it. Hang on. So the last few episodes, it's been Cyber Wars. It's been Molly Bloom, the poker player. There was Gad Saad. There was the psychology of mass shootings, which had a left-wing slant. Emma Gannon's definitely left-wing slant before that. The episode before that was Lauren Manning talking about the extremes of right-wing stuff. So that's definitely a lefty slant. Uh, Chris Hansen to catch a predator, nothing to do with it. Uh, being alone. If you go back through them, uh, another one exposing QAnon and Trump and the Pentecostal church, that's El Hardy. Um, so I think... What is happening is, unfortunately, I today says they want to hear different opinions, but I am trying to sort of, as much as possible, expose the uh, extremism on all sides. Um, and when that side is uh, a particular listener's side, it might feel like there's a slant or some sort of bias uh, against their side. And I think that may have happened. I have people from all sides. This is quite a centrist in the middle podcast. On the edge refers to the people who go too far in any direction. That said, I should take it on board, bear it in mind. You guys let me know what you think. Maybe you are listening and you're not willing to give it one star, but you'd go, look, it was a five and it's now a four or three in my mind because it is in one way or another biased towards whatever. Get in touch with me on Twitter or Instagram. Say hello, tell me what you think. Um, and yeah, let's see if you enjoy Monday's one with libertarian uh, Karlin Borisenko. Again, she's not on the right or left, really. She's just in the centre, but it's a sort of just doesn't want any intervention. Well, maybe that is a bit right. Um, I don't know. But I think I'm critical enough of it because I tell the story about the bears. Anyway, enjoy that. You'll, it'll be a great story about bears and stuff on Monday. Karlin Borisenko, see you then.